Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today we've got an amazing message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to Him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today. Hey, good morning everyone. This is Mike Hesh with Healing Journeys Today. Uh, just want to thank you all for joining with me today. So, hey, I got a good word for us today. I feel like this is something that's, um, it's been on my heart for a while. And, uh, but, you know, fear is something that uh, is deadly. It is more deadly than disease. But uh, fear is very easy to be freed from. The Bible talks a lot about fear. And it uses a phrase like, uh, fear not, don't be afraid. Uh, and those aren't suggestions. Those are outright statements, commandments uh, that we should follow. And the reason that our father is so adamant about putting those in there is because fear is harmful. Fear is deadly. And uh, uh, fear is an, is an open door that the enemy uses to gain access to our life. And through that open door, he can bring sickness, disease, all sorts of things uh, into our life. But the reason he uses fear is because he gains our consent and cooperation that way. You know, the devil is defeated. He has no right nor privilege in our life whatsoever because he's been defeated by the finished work of Jesus Christ. But if we yield to him, then he has that place. It's as if he gets our permission to kill, steal, and destroy in his life. And we do not want to yield that to, a, to him. You know, in Proverbs chapter 3, it says, fear comes to everyone. You know, be not afraid of sudden fear when it comes. So we shouldn't be afraid. You know, uh, uh, you know, like if you get startled or let's say somebody pulls out in front of you in, in their car and suddenly you, you know, you get this adrenaline rush and you slam on the brake and you stop inches from hitting the car. Uh, you know, there's a fear of rush, but you don't have to let that overtake your heart. And you can in that moment say, thank you, Jesus, for delivering me from that accident. And instead of like cursing and swearing and letting the fear remain in you, just know, wow, I was saved. I was rescued. Like it says, Psalms 91, the angels of the Lord encamp round about those that fear him and delivereth them. And that's, that's what we have in Christ. It's, it's awesome. And it also in, uh, in Romans chapter 6, verse 16, it tells us that, um, how's it worded? It says, to whomsoever you yield your members, servants to obey, their servant you become, whether sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. So if we yield to fear, we're yielding to a sin, and that sin is going to bring forth death in our life. And that's that takes us right back to the enemy. The only three gifts that the devil has to give us is death, destruction, and loss. Do you want any of those? I don't. So 
one way we can keep from experiencing those in our life is to be very, um, as it says in Proverbs chapter three, to guard our heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. That's where, that's where everything flows out of. It flows out of our heart. So we have to be very uh, mindful, very aware uh, of what's going in here and what's getting deposited in here into our heart. And uh, the example I wanted to use today or share today is actually from Job. And, um, you know, I don't know if, if any of you have been in church for any length of time, you've, you've probably got some doctrine in your head about Job. And I just want to encourage you, you know, uh, whenever those doctrines are in our heads and they produce fear, uncertainty, or uh, insecurity in us, then we can know that they're not from God. So think about those doctrines that you might have in your head. Are they setting you free? Are they liberating you? Do they cause you to rejoice about Joe? Well, if they don't, then I would encourage you to lay them aside. See, that's what I had to do. I had a lot of teaching that I had heard over the years on Job. And I just made a decision, you know, and this was a over a process of probably a year, I made a decision that I'm going to study Job and I'm going to let the word of God interpret what I'm reading. I'm not going to check commentaries. If something comes to my mind that I've heard or read before, I'm going to lay it aside and I'm going to let the, the word of God by the mouth of two or three witnesses establish the meaning of what I'm reading in Job. So I wanted to start, uh, I wanted to start in Job chapter uh, three. And this is actually where Job confesses why everything came upon him. And in these, uh, in these lessons that I'm going to share, um, I won't be able to go into, I'm not going to teach on the book of Job, but I'm going to teach from the book of Job and the rest of the word of God so that we can get an understanding on how we can break that link that's allowed the enemy to come into our life to kill, steal, and destroy uh, between fear and sickness. And so listen to what Job says. Now, this, these are his words. He is confessing in his, uh, he's just uh, speaking out what happened. Now, I need to say this, this is very important. If you read the whole book of Job, you're going to see that uh, it would be impossible for that book to have been written as it happened play by play. Because, although some of it is, the first three chapters are not. The first three chapters were written after everything happened. And the reason we know that is because of the information it gives us explains much of why those things happened uh, that we read in chapters four through uh, 40, or actually 38, okay? And so uh, it's interesting that this was, it was written after, remember Job made a statement to the Lord. He said, oh, that these things were written in a book. And God said, hey, I can arrange that. And so we have the book of Job today, 
but it's not incomplete as Job's thinking was at the time that he made that statement. This is actually a complete uh, statement here. So let me just read in chapter 3, verse 25 and 26. It says, for the thing which I feared most, or wait, let me put it this way. For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. Wow, how telling. And so Job is saying, look, I was in fear. The things that I greatly feared all came upon me. He did not say, hey, all these things came upon me and I had no idea where they came from. No, he didn't say that. He said the things that he was greatly fearing came upon him. And he said that in that fear, he had no rest, he had no quiet, and the trouble came. Do you know, think about the fear that you've had in your life, or we could even say anxiety. Do you know that you don't have any rest when you have fear? You don't have any uh, quietness. In other words, your mind is the gears are just turning and turning and turning. You're trying to figure out a way out. And uh, you hear the voice of the enemy right there pushing you. You got to do this. You got done no, now, 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 now. And all that is, is the voice of fear driving you to make a decision to agree with death, destruction, and loss. And folks, let, let me tell you, you do not want to consent to that. And so you have to break that link of fear. You have to cancel that fear out of your life. You know, I am going to, um, in the uh, description below, I'm going to include a couple of links to some very important teachings that will go into much depth on uh, receiving freedom from fear, especially if you were like me, who I was raised with fear. Okay, my mom was had a lot of fear and she she communicated and ministered to all of us that fear, all of their children fear. And that then the enemy used that as an opportunity to get into all of our lives. And it affected me for many, many, many years until I understood uh, like I didn't even really realize that I was a fearful, anxious type person. I didn't see it in myself because I was uh, somewhat uh, introverted. But once I was set free from fear, I mean, uh, I don't know if you've watched me, you wouldn't consider me introverted at all. But I used to be the opposite as I am today. And it's because of the freedom that I received from fear. And I share the deliverance that I received, how the Lord led me out of fear uh, one is an article I wrote called The End of Fear. These are all on my website. And another is called Freedom from Fear. It's actually a series. I can't remember how many parts, but uh, those are important teachings to set you free from fear. But what I'm going to show is how fear actually works and how it connects itself to sickness, disease, trouble, poverty, whatever thing that we are fearing we're opening the door for that to actually take place in our life. 
In other words, we're like sending out an invitation to the enemy through receiving his fear to go ahead and bring that into our life, okay? You know, I'll, I'll throw this in very quickly. You know, I minister to a lot of people um, and many people, uh, I'll just use one sickness as an example. Uh, actually, I'll use two because it's so common. Uh, fibromyalgia, or let me put it, all these environmental type things, uh, disorders, uh, and uh, breast cancer. So many uh, people that I minister to that have those diseases at the very one of the one of the strongest roots to that disease in their life is fear, and it goes back to their childhood, their fears that they had when they were children, and the enemy gained access to them, and their hearts became established in fear, and that fear became a root in their life, and it caused them to make decisions that were fear-based or fear-driven, and that produced anxieties and stresses in their life that gave place for sickness and disease to actually manifest physically in their body. And we're going to see this is exactly what Job said happened to him. The things that he was fearing, and it wasn't just one time. These were a long time in his life that grew to this place where they became a stronghold in his life where Satan had free access to him, okay? So um, let me back up for a little bit. And you might say, uh, and I want to read a little bit in the book of Job, the first chapter of Job, because it gives us some kind of explanation here. And I think this will help all of us to see uh, how fear may have taken, gotten place in our lives and how we can choose to do the opposite of what fear is telling us by embracing whatever the word says concerning that fear, okay? So go with me, if you will, to the first chapter of the book of Job. And um, now again, I want to repeat this. The, the first three chapters of Job were written after everything had taken place. And whoever was inspired to write it communicated it through their understanding of what they were hearing by the Spirit. So they're trying to paint a picture of something that they didn't have clear understanding of, okay? And I'll expand on that in a moment. But first I want to read, this is very important because it'll it touches all of us. In uh, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. You know that word upright is also translated righteous. How does one become righteous? The Bible says that the way we become righteous is we believe God. So it shows that Job believed God. He believed and trusted God as his Savior. And because of that, just like Abraham, it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now, it says that he was perfect, not that he did everything right, but he was complete. What made him complete is righteousness that he had received by faith, okay? And, and it goes on to say that he feared God and he eschewed evil. In other words, he honored God. He had a reverential fear for God. He wasn't afraid of God, but he had a reverential fear. In other words, 
He believed that there was nothing or no one greater in his life than God, and he showed him that respect. But again, uh, well, let me just read on. And, and, and it goes on and it talks about, you know, the children that he had, and it also talks about the substance that he had. And then it makes this, this statement at the end of three. It says, so that this man was the greatest of all men of the East. Now, this doesn't mean financially that he was rich or anything. What made him great, remember, this is God's commentary. What made him great was his righteousness that he received through faith and his heart to walk after what God was leading him to do. Even with the limited understanding that he had, he chose to follow God. And that's what made him the greatest man of the East. And if you read all the book of Job, you'll see that Job understood the favor that he had from God in the sense that people respected him because of his reverence that he had for God. And he saw that favor that he had with God because of the reverence that he showed unto God. In other words, he walked by faith in the righteousness that he had received through that faith. So it goes on in verse four, it says, and his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and curse God's curse God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Now this is a key verse to show us to that reveals to us what was going in job going on in job's heart first of all notice the wording here very important he says job said it may be see he didn't know he was just thinking well maybe my kids are out sinning okay maybe they're maybe they're denying god and saying oh this and that about god and so job doesn't have any firm evidence he, in other words, he's not being led by the Spirit of God, even though they weren't born again there. God still directed his people through his Spirit, uh, not the indwelling Spirit, but through ministering to them in a variety of ways, uh, you know, through the angels, through just communicating to them, speaking to their heart. He had, he could communicate to them. But it shows here he didn't know that for sure. He just saw them out partying. Uh, with his sis with their sisters, and he thought, "Wow, maybe maybe all my kids aren't following after what I taught them. They're just out doing their own thing." Now, where did he ever get an idea like that? See, it's the devil that whispered into his ear, "Oh, your kids are sinning. You better do something. They're gonna they're gonna be you know get killed because they're out sinning." You know? Can you hear it? The devil might. You might have children yourself that you're thinking the same thing. Well, you have to turn to that devil and you have to say, get thee behind me, Satan. You can't follow what he's saying because he's leading you down a road to get you to cooperate with him. Now, how did Job cooperate with him? Well, notice what Job did. 
he offered a sacrifice. And he didn't just offer one sacrifice. He offered one for all of them. That's 10 kids, okay? He offered 10 sacrifices, a burnt offering. A burnt offering was completely consumed, okay? And in that, in that, what did he do? Well, he didn't just do it one time and say, I'm glad that's taken care of, and then start rejoicing and praising God. No, what does it say here? He said, thus did Job continually. And the word literally continually means uh, either every day or all the days. In other words, Job had no rest. He had no certainty, even offering a sacrifice that God would have heard him and that his children would have been protected. What would have caused that? Well, we see by his own admission, he was fearful. He was afraid that they were going to do something that would cause them to lose their life. So Job's fear right here was manifested in, he didn't just offer one sacrifice and walk away. Do you know that when Adam and Eve sinned, God just offered one sacrifice. He clothed them with the skins of that sacrifice and he never brought that sin up again. Never. Why? Because it was covered. It was covered by the blood. As John said, Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. Do you know through the shedding of that blood, God made a covenant with Adam and Eve, a covenant of protection, a covenant of salvation was made with them. Do you know Job demonstrated that he had this same covenant with God through the shedding of blood? It tells us, uh, let me just read this real quickly. In Psalms 50, it, it tells us that through a sacrifice, we have a covenant with God. Listen carefully how this is worded. You know, um, let's see, where is it? Psalms 50. Oh, listen to this. It says, uh, gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Do you know that, that although the actions that Job was going through, he did not trust in the covenant that he was making through that sacrifice. We can contrast this with Abraham in Genesis 15, where where um, God made a covenant with Abraham through the same thing, through the shedding of blood. Remember, he parted those animals, and you couldn't do that without shedding blood. And God said he made a covenant with Abraham that day. So it was the righteousness that he had by faith that, that established a relationship with God. And then through that relationship, he made a covenant with God uh, through that offering of that blood. And the same thing occurred here with Job, this covenant that he had with God. Now, this is important, and, and I really want to stress this, is that Job was the one who said, the thing that I greatly feared is come upon me. So when we read, if you read on, you're going to find out here that uh, Job lost all 10 of his children. He lost all of his possessions. 
he uh, even he even got sick in his body. Okay, but it's important to note two things that he didn't lose. He didn't lose his wife, and nor did she get sick or diseased in any way, and he didn't lose his own life. So if Job said the things that I greatly feared came upon me, what didn't he fear? Well, he didn't fear losing his life. If you read the book of Job, you'll see time and time again, he says, oh, if I would have just died at birth, oh, things would have been much better, you know. Uh, and oh, I just want to die now, but I can't. See, he knew that he had a covenant with God of life. So he couldn't see himself dying. So the devil never had a place to take his physical life from him. Okay, we're going to read that in a second here. And he didn't fear the loss of his wife. Okay, he knew that they were one flesh and that whatever covenant that he had with God for life, his wife also shared with him. And probably his wife also believed as Job did and had that same covenant with God, okay, through her belief or her trust in God. So having said that, I want to read just a few things here because we're, remember, we're talking about breaking the link between fear and sickness, okay? And we see here that there was a link between Job's fear and the destruction that happened in his life. Not only the loss of physical possessions and uh, things that he loved dearly, but it also allowed, that fear also allowed sickness and disease into his flesh. And this is very important. When I understood this, I when I began to understand this, this book of Job or what's being shared here from the rest of the word, I could see how clearly, I could see, let me put it this way, I could see more clearly our father's heart, why he said over and over, fear not. He was trying to protect us. And today he has the same word that he speaks to us, fear not. In uh, I think of how Paul put it, he said, be anxious for nothing. Don't be afraid of anything. Don't let fear get inside you. Paul also put it in Ephesians chapter 4. He said, don't give place to the devil. How do we give place to the devil? Through fear. Amen? Now, again, I want to remind you, God does not say that we'll live a life where no fear will come to us. He tells us the opposite. He says fear is going to come to you in this life. But he says, Jesus put it this way, hey, don't be afraid. I've overcome the world. So when we put our confidence in what Jesus has done, that guards our heart from accepting fear inside of us. In other words, it might come and knock on our door, get in our face, or even get in our head. But if we'll take that fear captive to the truth of God's word, that truth, which is perfect love, will cast that fear right out of us. Amen. So let me read a little bit more so that we can uh, really see clearly how uh, the enemy gained opportunity through that fear. So in verse uh, six, it says, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them. 
And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Now, I need to explain this, because this drives many people nuts, okay? And I understand why. It, uh, it was bothersome to me until I understood from the word. The writer is trying to explain a spiritual precept not having complete spiritual understanding. See, we can use the rest of the scriptures now and understand and explain exactly what's going on here. And if we were to explain it, we would use a different way to explain it than the writer is writing here. Okay. And the reason is, is because this makes it sound like God is up there and he's using the devil to carry out destruction and loss in people's life. Like, in other words, he's got his ferocious dog on a leash. And if somebody gets out of line, he lets the dog go and devour them. Well, that's not how it works at all. And we know from the from the rest of the scriptures, there's a law of sowing and reaping. God is not up there making sure that we harvest or reap what we sow. God is up there doing the exact opposite through the finished work of Jesus Christ that we will cling to instead of uh, yielding to uh, death, destruction, and loss. So, the writer is trying to explain something that he doesn't have full understanding of that we can have today through the rest of the scriptures, as I said. So when he makes the statement, there was a day when the sons of man presented themselves before the Lord. There is not a day since the beginning of time where the children of God were not in his presence in the sense that through belief, we are children of God, and he is not disconnected from us at all, okay? You can go back to Genesis 6 and see this very same point. So the, the, what he's saying is, is when these were before God, there, the devil came among them. How does the devil come among us when we are before the Lord? He comes through what we have received from the enemy. Do you know that if you receive an, a lie from the enemy and you're operating in it such as fear, that can't be separated from you. In other words, it becomes part of you. And so because we're always before the Lord, that's going to be there also. And that's what he's trying to explain. He's trying to show us that, hey, the devil was present in what the sons of God had chosen to receive from the enemy. And then he brings out the point in verse 9. It says, Then answered, then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast thou not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. So in other words, the enemy said, because of Job's belief in God, before he got into fear, there was a hedge of protection about him. 
And that's because of his agreement with the, with God in and for his safety. Psalms 91 is an excellent example, uh, which really expounds in a greater depth on this. Now, remember, Job lived before Abraham. So the, the, uh, the revelation of God before Abraham was less than what Abraham received. And Abraham received less of a revelation than, say, those in Moses' day received, and there was greater revelation of God when David wrote the Psalms, okay? So there was uh, an increase in understanding and revelation of who God is and how he lives and relates in people's lives, okay? Are y'all tracking with me? I know I'm trying to cover a lot of information here, and please, I encourage you to go back and listen and go back over these points as I'm sharing them, because I don't want it just to be information to you. I want it to become revelation to your heart, to where you're free. When you read the book of Job, you're like, oh, no, God's going to try and get me, or, oh, I really did this. Oh, man, I don't want you to feel that way. This is part of the Word of God. It should bring liberty to your hearts when you read it with understanding of our father but if you read it through doctrinal ideas that we have been that have been imposed on us since our youth then it's still going to bring uncertainty open a door for fears in your life and give place to the devil and that's the link we're going to break today through these truths that we're hearing okay so uh, uh satan is saying hey look uh, I couldn't have access to Job because there was a hedge about him. And that hedge remained intact because Job didn't allow fear in his life. But what happens? Listen, verse 11. It says, Satan says, now again, this is someone's, this is a narrative that someone wrote that had a lack of understanding. They're trying to like, explain a spiritual law using uh, a uh, this story of how they think it transpired. And technically, it did, but not with a conversation between God and the devil. That never occurred. These were laws and limits that were established by God from the beginning, and the author or the writer is trying to explain it in story form so we can say, Oh, so that's how it happens, spiritually speaking. And it's not, you know, as you can see, it's not accurate, but it's it does communicate the points once you let the let rest of God's word interpret what you're reading here, okay? He says, put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And then it describes everything that happened and all that he lost. Okay. It goes into how the enemy worked to bring people to destroy, to kill, and to steal from him. Okay. Now, what is this saying? The Lord said, verse 12, the Lord said, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power, only upon himself. Put not forth thine hand. Now, 
Notice this hedge, how it's being explained. Now, remember, when we are trusting in the Lord, as you know, Psalms 91, there's many places that talk about this, uh, but Psalms 91, since we're close, is one that most people relate to. Psalms 34, the angels of the Lord shall camp round about those that fear him, not fear Satan. Okay, so Job was protected up until the point that his fears began to compromise the hedge of protection. In other words, when the fear got into his heart, like, oh no, my kids are going to die and I'm going to lose everything. And when he started, uh, when he accepted that lie into his heart and began responding to it, like we saw concerning his children, he started offering sacrifices. It doesn't talk about what God did to like protect his, what Job did to protect his own stuff, but it shows us what he did with his children. So we can assume because of his statement that I first read in uh, chapter three, verse 25 and 26, that he had also uh, got into fear about that. So notice what it says. Satan says, behold, uh, you know, if you touch everything he has, then he'll, he'll curse you to your face, you know. And so what happened is, because of the fear, Job surrendered everything that he had but his own physical being to the touch of the enemy. And that's exactly what happened. See, his fear gave access to the enemy in whatever he was fearing about. So what was he fearing about? Well, we can tell by what happened. He lost everything that he possessed, was stolen or destroyed, and his children died uh, in a storm, okay? All of them died, okay? And, but we see that Job himself, he, there was nothing happened to him physically. Now, this is where the enemy took advantage. And this is what he does. He starts with little fears. And when we cooperate with those little fears, they give opportunity for bigger fears and more destruction in our life. Okay. Like take, for example, um, I'm, I'm just thinking of, you know, I minister to a lot of people. So I'm thinking of testimony of a particular person who shared with me that, you know, their grandmother, their mother, their sister, all got breast cancer, okay? And so they, be, they were afraid that one day they would get it too. And you know what happened? That's how I met them. They got breast cancer too. And you might say, well, it's genetic. You know, she could never have avoided it. Not true. Not true at all. You know, there were other uh, family members that had no cancer in their life. Other sisters who did not get cancer, uh, breast cancer in their life, and that were older than she was, okay? But yet, the enemy was able to work on her to the point where she was afraid that she was going to get uh, this cancer too. And what happened? Well, it came into her life, okay? Didn't come into other sisters' lives, so you can't say it's genetic. It's demonic is what it is. And uh, so this is what happened here. 
Once Job saw everything else was destroyed, what did he think? Oh, I'll probably get sick now. Or gosh, you know, what's left? Just my body, you know? And so what happened? In uh, I, I need to read this. This is an important point to make also. At the end of chapter 1, I'm going to read in verse uh, 20. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. See, Job did not have the understanding that we have today. An, a very important uh point to understand or a point of view that is represented in the Old Testament is that as you read the Old Testament, you're going to see that everyone attributes everything to God. They contribute good to God and bad to God. They say that, that God kills, God destroys, and God heals, and God makes alive, okay? In the Old Testament, everyone saw that nothing could happen. This is what they thought, that nothing could happen without God's direct involvement. So Job believed that also. So he thought that God took all this away, that God took it all away. Now, many uh, pastors, theologians, Bible scholars and teachers, they teach the same thing because they believe the same. And their heart has been uh, deceived by a false sovereignty of God teaching that nothing happens without God's consent. Well, that's not true. God established laws in this earth, like we talked about one earlier, the law of sowing and reaping. Not only does it work with plants and seeds and, and uh, you know animals, but it works in the spiritual realm too. What we sow spiritually, we reap spiritually, okay? And so they don't under, the, the people who believe that way, like Job expressed here, are lacking understanding and revelation of number one, the heart of our Father, and number two, the finished work of Jesus Christ, okay? They don't understand either. Now, we know Job didn't understand the finished work of Christ, but he thought that nothing happened without God being behind it and, you know, doing it himself. Okay. Think about that. That's the way Job thought. So what, why do you, if you read the book of Job, he goes into this, woe is me. He plays the victim card here, like God was picking on him, but he didn't have any understanding at all of what happened. See, he didn't understand the role of the enemy uh, in his life. He did not see, like many Christians today, that fear is a spiritual weapon and it has a spiritual adversary that's wielding that weapon and using it against them. But the weapons that God has given us are greater than the weapons of the enemy and they're spiritual weapons, and we need to use those spiritual weapons to be freed from those spiritual opponents and adversaries coming into our life. And you can't have victory any other way. You can't just power of positive thinking overcome it. 
You can't pop a pill and be delivered from anxiety. It might take the edge off, but it's not, you're not addressing, you're only dealing with the fruit. You're not dealing with the root. The root of anxiety is spiritual. It's not physical. You might say, well, the doctor said my chemicals are off. Well, how did your chemicals get off? They got off because of the fear in your life creating that turmoil inside of you that affects you physically. The sowing and reaping of spiritual things can produce physical oppression in your life as well. I'm a testimony to that. If you've seen my testimony, you know that I saw for my own self that when I changed my heart, I immediately began to recover physically. What does that tell you? My heart was deceived by a lie from the devil. And once that lie was broken with the truth of God's word, I immediately began to recover. That to me was such a profound demonstration of how the, the spiritual things that we partake of affect us physically and manifest outward physically. So notice what Job says. He says, the Lord, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord doesn't take away. The Lord is a giver. He, he has never taken anything from anyone that belongs to them. God does not do that. But listen carefully. This is the point I want to get to. In all this, Job sinned not nor charged God foolishly. Okay? In other words, even though Job thought God did all of this, he didn't do it uh, like maliciously. He didn't do it with anger or hostility. He wasn't shaking his finger at God and said, why did you do this? No. What he did was he kept his heart in a place of reverential fear and respect to God. Okay? Now it says, in all this, Job sinned not. Well, he sinned before this. It's the results of his sin and the consequences that he reaped that he chose not to sin in. But it was the sin of fear that brought all that turmoil, that death, destruction, and loss into his life. Okay? And it was in that place uh, that, you know, he was reaping what he sowed, but when he realized that destruction in his life, he didn't charge God foolishly. In other words, he didn't sin and say, okay, God, this is all your fault, blah, 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 blah. Later on, he, in a very, uh, what would you say, in a very submissive way, he is questioning God, saying, why did you do this? Okay. But in all that, he still remains in his, in his heart. He has this integrity towards God where, as it said here, he feared God and eschewed evil. In other words, he didn't allow himself to charge God foolishly, okay, which would have been sin for him about what happened. So, wow, folks, I can see I'm not going to have enough time uh, to complete this. So, I'm going to wrap it up there, and I'll pick it up uh, in a part two on this same topic. And again, I want to say thank you for joining me today. God bless you. Have an awesome rest of your day. We hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching. Thank you for listening to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. 
And don't forget, you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate, please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com. Isaiah 53.5 says, And by His stripes, we are healed. God bless you.